Experiences are what people love most about travel. With Viator, you can browse and book tours and activities so incredible you'll want to tell your friends. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. Viator has experiences in over 190 countries. There's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Viator lets you keep things flexible. Use Reserve Now and Pay Later to secure the activities you don't want to miss without being locked in. Whether you want to take a backstage tour of the Grand Old Opry, a Miami Bimini Bahamas day trip by ferry, or a private guided tour of the Grand Canyon, Viator is for you. Download the Viator app now and use Viator 10 for 10% off your first booking. One app, over 300,000 experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Marco Voice. Daniel Marlon! Wonderful! Fantastic from Royce. Jude Bellingham. That's excellent. Jude Bellingham. This is absolutely brilliant. Jude Bellingham! Absolutely magnificent. Rina. Brilliant from the American. Just like that. Not the best of clearances. Oh, what a volley! Matt Hummels! Went in for Holland! Like his Hey, welcome to the BVB Podcast. My name's Jake. I'm joined, as always, by Carver. How are you doing, man? <laughs> I'm hanging in there, man. I, season's almost over. I'm just ready to forget all this, I mean, except for the signings, and just move on to the summer. I'm, I'm pretty fed up. I'm pretty fucking fed up with everything. So, <laughs> What about you? Yeah, I think. I mean, I'm feeling that way. I'm, it, it's hard to... I want to be excited about watching games, but at this point, it's just like, yeah, just... Let's just be done. I really don't say that lightly, man. I, I genuinely, like, no matter what the scoreline is or anything, I don't turn games off. I'm always excited to watch this. But, like, man, the last two or so weeks, I'm like, I just, I'm just, I'm just done. I'm fine. <laughs> it's, it's really rough now. I mean, this is what the whole season's been like. Mm-hmm. Like, we shouldn't have expected anything less. But when it happened earlier in this season, there was hope that yeah. it was going to get better. And it just has not gotten no. better. Um but we do have some good news. Yeah. And this is ha- also happened before where we had a very disappointing uh, performance. And then we got the Sule signing news. Yep. So I like that they did that again. I did see a tweet earlier about uh, if we're going to lose on Saturday, that means they're just going to announce Adeyemi yeah. on Sunday. So <laughs> I thought about that too. Although, the, I mean, we'll, we'll maybe get into Adeyemi a little bit later. Um, by the time this episode's out, he might be signed who knows? tomorrow. Who, who knows? Because things look to be heating up. But maybe we'll talk about him a little bit. We talked last week um, with Josh from JJD TV who joined us. If you haven't listened to that, uh, even though we were recapping Dirk Classico, we did go through some Twitter questions. And I know Carver and I have been putting off talking transfers and stuff. So we got into it with him a little bit to get uh, his thoughts about the signings at that time. Schlotterbeck was not our player yet. but mm-hmm. So if you want to go back and check out that episode to get his insight in, like I said, we talked more about signings. Because I do, I think I'm a little more Real quick, we'll talk more in depth later. But I was earlier. I was kind of like, ah, do we really need Adeyemi? And now I'm like, mm-hmm. I think I'll take him. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm so I do want to talk about Adeyemi a little bit later. But um, and yeah, like I said, by the time this episode's out, he might be a Dortmund player, or they're just gonna wait to see if we lose on Saturday. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. So of course, this episode we're gonna recap um, Bochum, oh, whatever that was, 
And uh, <laughs> this Saturday, we are at Fert. Ferta, Ferta, Greuter, Ferta. Ferta, yeah. So we're, uh, we'll, we'll preview that game, but we do have some good news. I've been rambling for three minutes, so let's get right into the good news. Nico Schlotterbeck is officially, officially. finally a Dortmund player, which is it's, so, so hype. It's a brilliant signing from Dortmund. That it really is. Getting Sule on a free and signing Nico for a low price. It looked like it was, I think it was like 20 or 22 million. Uh, before the summer hasn't even started, you know, it's May right now. It's just, it's chef's kiss. I, <laughs> I just have a few fun facts for you for Nico real quick. I mean, he's top seven in the league for both aerial and ground duels one, uh, which is going to be a huge, massive help for fixing a lot of our glaring problems in defense. I mean, Zagadu, obviously very tall with the stature, uses his body well, but he's very error prone with his duels. Hummels doesn't have the legs anymore, and Akenji's easily been our best defender all season, but I would argue his biggest weakness is in the air. I mean, his game suffers a lot when it comes to his aerial duels. So uh, Nico's going to be a massive help with the duels as well as, I mean, he beats a Kenji on average per 90 in pressures, tackles, interceptions, recoveries, and blocks. So, I mean, he's already outperforming our best defender this season. And then lastly, he's only missed two games so far this season in the league. So, you know, compared to that to anyone on our team that has glass legs, apparently, or glass any part of their body, he's actually, you know, seems to be promising with being a consistent starter. So it's, it's, it's huge that we we're able to get two or such a massive defensive overhaul before the summer hasn't even started. Now we can start focusing on other glaring problems, which is, in my opinion, the next priority should be the box-to-box midfielder and then work our way up the field and attack. But, yeah, it's, it's a master class of assigning. Uh, and I think we usually can kind of win the transfer markets and – a lot of windows, but you haven't really seen hints of that much since COVID because, you know, a lot of the profits have been down, so we haven't been able to spend as much. But yeah, huge, huge signing. What do you think? Um, I mean, it's it's the one we've been talking about for forever. I, um, I want to say even <laughs> probably since like December or something. Yeah, and yeah, at least since the winter, you know. And clearly, he's a he's a great defender, which you you see. And I know everyone's been paying a lot more attention to him, watching Freiburg games and everything. And uh, it, it's finally here. It, it happened. So there, there's nothing but excitement. Um, of course, he just made... Did he just make his debut for Germany? I know he played with them in the last window. I don't know if that was his debut. Or I think it was one of his like first calls up. For, call first ups, call up for the first team. Yeah. Um, so two German internationals. Mm-hmm. Is probably going to be the starting season? two center backs as well. I yeah. can't think of anyone in, that's German that would probably start over those two at the moment. So when we have the best two German defenders on our team. It's, it's a brilliant, it's brilliant signing. Uh, the one thing I was very excited about, besides the fact that he's a great player and we know that, is I I, I knew he was young. I didn't realize he was only 22, mm-hmm. which is... He's a kid. <laughs> yeah, he's so young. And we signed him till 2027. Yeah, five so years. We're going to have him as he uh, just continues to develop and get mm-hmm. even better. And uh, hopefully there's no, like, ah, <laughs> Dortmund curse, and hopefully he doesn't get any injuries or anything. Yeah. Knock on wood. I don't want to... Jinx anything, but I, I have got a feeling our injury problems are going to be a little better next year, yeah. hopefully. Um, but yeah, it's just super exciting. And it's, uh, this is a, I mean, we, we, t- we already mentioned how we just want to like this season to be done as most people have already wanted this season to be done. And this makes it even more exciting. Yeah. You just be like, yep, close, <laughs> close it up. Let's just, let's get out of here. Um, and, yeah, and massive credit to Sebastian Kale as well for coming in and, you know, he's going to be taking over as sporting director from, uh, Mikhail Zork next year and already making big moves in, in that new role. I, he's been, you know, he's been really bossing up the transfer market, with these two signings and, uh, 
you know, both Sule and Schlotterbeck had other offers for other clubs for more money, you know, teams that look like they can compete better like Bayern and, you know, how they got them to convince them to come play for us. I, I don't, I guess I don't really know. I don't have the kind of talents or, um, sweet talking to get people to kind of do that kind of thing. But yeah, it's, 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 it's a great opportunity for us to really utilize those kind of players, that quality. Yeah. That, that was actually going to be one of my questions to you is how, how are we, how are we convincing them to come here? Like, I, Well, I know, I know with Sule, he was saying, you know, he felt like he was really going to be utilized well here and, and used uh, properly. You know, maybe he went to other clubs and I don't know, might've been not getting as much time on the pitch for some reason, but I know also with just our culture as well. I think I think that can be a big uh, factor for bringing in different people. And so that's that probably be my guess with Nico as well. Yeah, there is just something. The project. There is something. The project. There is something to that too. I think it's a lot more exciting. At least my personality type too. That that's something that I'd be drawn mm-hmm. to a lot more is the prospect of why just go to the the best team that's like been dominating dominating forever. And I mean, you saw it with uh, who's it uh, Sabitzer. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, Sabitzer, yeah, uh, from Leipzig, who mm-hmm. went with Nagelsmann and just has not gotten any time. Which at is all. interesting because I know he was. A lot of people said he was, and I would argue, I would also probably agree. Excuse me, that he was one of the most underrated players in the league. And yeah, I don't think he's played more than like maybe twenty games. Had like a handful of starts this season under Nagelsmann. So yeah, it was pretty uh, surprising to see that Sabitzer's uh, career hasn't been, I guess, too great of a start at Bayern. But yeah, and and not even the aspect of going and maybe and having a fight for a spot because I mean players want to fight for a spot they want to be the best they want to work work towards that so that is something they can strive for at a place like Bayern but I think you, you also take in the project if he can pitch him on the project because how big is that win going to be mm-hmm. when I'm just going to say now when Dortmund wins the league next next season like yeah. <laughs> how much but how much bigger yeah. is that going to be for um, Sule and Slaughterbeck coming in to feel that like we we did this we made this happen rather to just go to Bayern and oh we helped them win their 11th title in a row yeah and I also think that Nico and, and Sule are both players that you know want to build something here too like which we're going to get into with our players which is a lot of our players don't look like, like they give a shit really and they don't want to be here anymore and they're just treating it like a job so you know I think Kale is really kind of reinforcing that culture in our players are like we want players to stay here develop here you know, hopefully retire if, if best case scenario, but again, reinstating that, um, that culture and our players to you know, want to be here. Um, when you said retire, it reminded me one thing I was going to bring up before we started jumping into Dortmund in soccer and everything. Mm-hmm. I had a Dortmunder beer over the weekend. Oh yeah. I went to, no, I didn't go to Kansas city. I went to Columbia. I was doing an Aussie football thing, but we played against Kansas city. We had like mm-hmm. a big Missouri training camp kind of thing. And there's a, there's a company in Kansas City called Casey Beer Co. Yeah. And they have a beer called the Dortmunder. And That's, I saw it and I was like, oh, fancy that. I'll have myself a little Dortmunder. It was pretty good. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Anyways, random. But yeah, so let's all retire in Dortmund and yeah. drink ourselves some Dortmund beers. <laughs> what my mind went could, to when you said retire. Could use it after this weekend. Okay, so get all the happy stuff out of the way. And <laughs> now we'll talk about this, the dumpster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sadly, that is it. Oh, get into the dumpster fire this weekend. Um, the lineup. I mean, no complaints with the selections for the starting 11. The system looks like Rosa was going to the, or leaning back into a 4-2-3-1. Maybe it was because of injuries. Maybe it was because of preference. Who knows at this point? I don't really know, you know, what Rosa's game plan is. Pretty much any game that I'm watching. So, do you have any other thoughts on the lineup or anything? 
Um, I was excited to see JBG, uh, mm-hmm. Bono Gittins, who we were calling for and talking like, yeah, give him some time. Uh, that was it. actually surprising. I don't know how I forgot to mention that, but yeah. So he got the start and he looked, I mean, we'll get into it, but he looked good. <laughs> he, he did looked real good. Um, and the rest of the lineup, it's like, it, we're, st- we just still have so many injuries. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Cause mm-hmm. I think for the last few weeks I've been like, where's hazard at? And he's still out and injured. Um, cause like even four looking, or five, like, 19 looking players at the, on the bench, bench mm-hmm. we have no depth, which is why we'll get into it a little bit later as we get into the game more, but the subs who came in, it was just like nothing. Mm-hmm. I was like, uh, so, I mean the lineup, it's like, that's what you're going to expect. And I, I still felt pretty confident going into this game with that lineup. Um, and it, it's what I wanted. I guess my only thing to call for was get Bono Gittins in there. Chan was out um, due to suspension, due to too many yellow cards. Was that it? Yellow? Uh, it might it have wasn't been. a red card. Yeah, yellow card. So he'll be back next game, which gives us a little extra. But, yeah, I I, I didn't have any ill feelings towards the lineup. I was I th- I still think we were optimistic all, and positive about it. But. Yeah, I think all three of us, you, Josh, and I, were pretty confident going into this one, you know, bouncing back from Bayern, hopefully get a win at, at home again to – you know, give something our fans a cheer about in front of the in front of the uh, home fans. I mean, they've been out for two years, and you would hope that the players be fired up and ready to give something with some real substance back in return to them. But I mean, Bo- Bochum came out just they came out ready to compete on Saturday. You know, they came out with determination, they came out with no fear, and they certainly didn't treat this like a friendly. This is ex- and that's exactly what we treated it as—just not caring. And I mentioned it before a few minutes ago, but just. You know, half our players just like they don't look like they want to be here. They're going through the motions, treating it like a job. And, you know, you not only see it on the pitch and, you know, how we defend and how our, our attack, but just like our attitude overall. And, you know, some people have mentioned it online and maybe we might be in the minority on this because I thought this too. But, like, I want, like, listeners to look at players when they score a goal this season. Even at home in front of the Sidribuna, uh, you'll notice that there's, like, very little emotion there's any sort of there's not like any sort of passion that you could see and they just don't look that excited even whenever they score for some reason and you know Borussia Dortmund supporters are known for creating an absolutely electric atmosphere for these players and they've been kept out of the stadium for years now and finally when they're allowed back in they're just they're just treated like this it's I think it's it's not only humiliating but it's also just like it's just it's just rude (laughs) yeah it's it's a it's kind of like it's just a slap in the face. It's it's so disappointing for the fans to to see that. I mean, those performances and see that you can clearly tell they're not excited. I don't know if it's my thoughts are just with how up and down this season is. It like I understand. Mm-hmm. It's like are you are they all experiencing burnout because this season's been so up and down? It's been so miserable. Like they're it, feeling them too. I mean, they're they're human. I I get that. And if that's part of it, I get it. Like this has been a rough rough season, but it's this is your it's it's on you to make it yeah. better and you owe it to the fans man again when they're creating that sort of atmosphere and giving you that support it's for you to just kind of turn your backs on them which you know they're not doing it literally but they they quite they kind of are at the same time you know not uh performing well at all it's just it's just complete shambles from front to back all game and you know, two goals conceded in the first ten minutes first one Guerrero showing us yet again that he's just not a fullback gets bodied way too easily and just he isn't a player that's known for recovering well defensively and doesn't help that Akenji slipped after he fell. So it's just an easier, an easy finish for Shebastian Poulter on Bochum. And then you're down 1-0. It, it was like the second minute, third minute. 
And I, I was like, I wish I could say I'm surprised at this point, honestly, even at home, I wish I could say I'm surprised. And, you know, maybe it's like, all right, well, I guess that hopefully wakes us up because we look pretty goddamn asleep right now. And then a few minutes later, it's conceding again. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. That's 50 goals conceded in the league alone this season. And Bielefeld has conceded that much. And they're in second to last place in the table right now. It just, <laughs> our defense is like shambolic, man. It's in the second goal. I mean, same kind of thing. Three players surrounding Holtman whenever he was going down the left-hand side. And we still couldn't win back possession. Again, just half-hearted, just not caring about uh, the pressure that we're doing. It's usually just... Again, you know, two or three players trying to surround him and like half pressing and half not and just like backing off. So it just gives them the space to kind of build their attacks and build their plays. And just that, and also that our back line was falling asleep too. So it was just an easy chip over the top. And what a goal it was, or what a strike from, I forget the player that scored the second goal, but now you're conceded two goals in nine minutes or eight minutes, whatever it was. It's just, it's just shambolic. Yeah. I, uh, early, I mean, when they scored the first one, and just even seeing us start before that, I mean, it's pretty. We we had, I mean, like a couple minutes in, we had some like, some light. I almost saw, you saw a glimpse of some good passing here and there, and that was about it for. I mean, for in, for the game really. I mean, yep. we had some moments here and there. Where we kind of it was very up and down, um, very streaky, and I don't know, if streaky is the right word. But anyways, yeah, three minutes when that goal goes in, it's kind of like okay, we're obviously not. You mentioned it, waking up. We need to wake up, yep. and that showed like, oh yeah, we're coming off a of friendly. Um, I don't know if that had any effect on it, but or it's just the overall they're they're done with the season two. Yeah, um, and we also it just looks like we just don't have the personnel that, which is insane to say because you know years back, or not a few years back, but like a year or so back, we had plenty of DMs, but now we're just desperate for a number six. I mean, that that uh, before the throw, or excuse me, before the chip through ball went in from uh, Holtman. You know, you had, I think it was Wolf, who's just not a right back. Witzel, I've said it, you know, every week now, but he's just too slow, too old to close down those attacks. And then, uh, you know, I love Bellingham, but he's just also not a DM either. He's he's more of a center mid slash more of an attacking role in that center mid, but or in the center of the park. But you just you desperately need a number six that has the hunger and drive to do the dirty work and close those kind of tackles down. Again, a player like Delaney would have been perfect, but we chose to get rid of him for some reason. And we just don't have anyone that's willing to go uh, win the ball back and drive the team forward. I mean, you're leaving players like Bellingham out to dry, playing him in a deeper role like that. He's, he just, he doesn't have the, um, he, he's, he's alone. He doesn't have the uh, support to go and you know, grab the ball and, and drive it forward completely alone. He needs help. And we just, we don't have another player like that. So that's why I was saying, after our two defenders, we desperately need to find, uh, sign a center defensive mid next over an attacker first. I think that should be our number one priority. Do you think Jude? I mean, we've made the comment multiple times that Jude is everywhere. He's always everywhere, running and he around is. so much. Yeah, and I, I loved his energy. There was a moment where I think uh, Jamie Bono Gittins got tripped up or something, and like mm-hmm. Jude just went in on this Bochum player, like yelling at him, and just showing that that leadership and that passion. Yeah. Um, and I I wonder if. I don't know if he he's basically doing two jobs like yeah. and I wonder if the other the rest of the players especially guys who are a little maybe more in and out are just expecting that of him it's like oh Jude will cover us I don't know if that's the case I don't know if that's is what really showing on the field but he's just outrunning everyone I I I haven't checked his like distance covered but I wouldn't be surprised if it's 
double half the other players. Probably. And, he, and you know, yeah, it wasn't like a, uh, I wasn't having a go at him because he definitely is everywhere all game. But it's just, again, there's only so much you could do as one player on the field. Oh, you yeah. need support. And, and Bino Gittins definitely provided that in attack. But, you, again, you need someone that's going to be doing the dirty work in those situations. And Yeah, so you're, do, you're down 2-0. And I, I just couldn't see barely any attacks going forward that looked like promising at all. I mean, I think as their left back, Bachhorn kept Wolf in his pocket, which seemed like pretty much the entire game. I mean, Wolf couldn't get anything going on that right-hand side and just desperate for anything to happen at that point and just relying on individual brilliance. And we, we were gifted two penalties in this game, which, you know, breathed some life back into us. But And that was pretty much it for a while. I mean, Holland did do a good job converting both of those penalties, don't get me wrong. But again, just... I mean, the chances that we did have, we had like, I think, two in five minutes, kind of towards the 20 or 25th minute, but couldn't put him away. I don't know how you can't. Royce, I think, should have done a lot better there. Brant had a good turn, but I think he had like a split second more to kind of get himself composed and pass that into the net, but he kind of just doing Brant stuff. So just frustrating, man. It's so frustrating. Yeah, it was, I mean, a lot of the buildup play was very sloppy. We gave... The ball away a ton. Um, we did create quite a few chances. So many times I, I typed up on my little notes. I was like, oh, great chance for Royce. Should have mm-hmm. put away. Great chance for Jude. Should have put it away. But that just, it, it can be slightly deceiving. I mean, no one's coming off this game thinking like, oh, we played great because it was mm-hmm. terrible. And how we, I mean, good for us to get back into it. We did create some chances. But I think looking at those chances and the the fact that we didn't convert those chances mm-hmm. just shows how sloppy we were. Like sloppy in the the finish, because all so we we could have been like six goals up, like we should have. I wouldn't say six goals well, up. I don't know. I'm exaggerating. <laughs> I, I don't know. I didn't count every chance, but there but was, we did have a hint. Yeah, there yeah. were some very good chances that should have been goals, but just shows the the sloppiness and maybe the I don't I don't I don't know what it was the, the lack of. I don't know what it was. It's just so frustrating. It's just someone, uh, you know, not having the the killer instinct to go and actually finish those chances, which you would argue, you know, Royce at times could be one of the better players to finish off those chances, but he just, he can be sometimes such a inconsistent finisher and attacker. And I just, yeah, I don't know how you don't put those away, but also at the same time, I mean, the Bochum keeper, Raymond had a yeah. sensational game. He had, yeah. I don't know how many goal saving saves he had that just defied uh, logic of how, you know, he was able to get down and, Save these insane shots, whether the first or second half. But he had six saves. Yeah, um, and yeah, that that didn't help us. That we, I mean, we were playing pretty bad, and their goalkeeper had a great game. Like, yeah, he was fantastic. And so we, I mean, we got those two penalties. Holland did a good job of converting them both, but again, just really lacking that desire and grit to go and take this game by the balls and actually go and win. Because again, Bochum is treating this. Like a competitive game, like a like you know, like a derby, and we weren't. We were just uh, treating it like another friendly, which is just disappointing to see. And that you come out of the second half, handful, ch- not a handful, maybe one or two chances again, and you had the uh, the play with Bellingham, you know, give him settling it down, kind of with uh, uh, the I forget who came who crossed the ball in originally, but Bellingham settled it, settled it in for Holland at the penalty area, and Holland had a good shot, but again, brilliant save from Riemann, and that's whenever. I think uh, that's whenever Bochum just were able to to grow themselves back into the game, and again, just took our foot off the gas when we were tying it up. It's it's unbelievably frustrating. Yeah, even they played so physical because, like you said, they're up for it. They're playing it. And they're treating it like a derby, like we should be. 
that I think that's one thing that's so frustrating about watching this game back or just watching it in the first place was how physical they were and that we just didn't match it. We didn't even mm-hmm. try. We were just like, yeah, we'll, we'll let them do whatever. Very passive. Later on in the game when we went three, we, we went up, uh, Holland got his hat trick, which was a, the weirdest goal ever. <laughs> but, I mean, we'll take it. Again, just shows the sloppiness. A terrible touch by him that bounces off his knee. That was weird. And then it luckily went in. But at that point when we went up, it kind of it felt like we're going to win this game. It's mm-hmm. it's over. Thank thank goodness we got it. We had a couple chances here and there afterwards, but our like pre- defensive pressure completely dropped off. It was like oh everything. I would argue everything dropped off because I, yeah, I would agree that like once you get that third goal, you know, it was it was a it was a very frustrating uh, first whatever sixty or so minutes. But you had a good comeback. Now you got the lead. Now you can shut this game down. You know, you're at home. You're at a you're against a team that hasn't even been in the league in the last decade. This should be. You know, this should be a game that you can go on and actually get a result out of. But yeah, just our def- our defense and attack just completely took our foot off the gas and didn't play to win. I mean, we just we just let Bochum take the game to us, and, and it didn't help either that Rosa just had more of his useless and late subs. I don't know if he like watched Favre whenever he was coaching us, but just I just don't understand his substitutions half the time. Whenever we like, I think immediately whenever we scored our third goal, he just he completely switched up our back four. And put on well, pass slack and Gittens came off. Yeah, yeah. And put pass slack mm-hmm. on, which I, I wish I wish Gittens would have had more time on. Uh, he was playing well. I don't know why. I mean, maybe if his if he needed a sub, okay, I guess. But yeah, or if it was just I can understand maybe like you know, okay, the kids had enough, and you know he's still inexperienced. That's that's what we're going to give him today. But I mean, he was also performing really really well. He was one of the very few bright spots I thought that were on this team. I mean, I was mentioning before someone to drive the play forward. You know, shake things up a little bit. He's got a little flair in him. He's got some skill. He set up our third goal for the cross from Royce to Holland. I think he was the the point of our attacks, and I don't know. It looked like the vast majority of this game, and you take him off and just, it just we just completely look toothless up top. Just completely look toothless, even with Holland. Just it was shocking. And yeah. and also again, I think Renier came on if I'm not wrong. Yeah, and. I, with, uh, it was a few minutes before Mukoko, and it was only a few. But just again, Rosa choosing Renier over Mukoko. I just, I'm just flabbergasted at why he continues to play him. He's going back on loan, or going back from his loan to Madrid, offered absolutely nothing this entire last two years. And what is he going to bring over Mukoko right now? I really don't get it. Just more pointless and useless late subs from Rosa. That is just passive and. It makes Bochum. You're allowing them back into the game. Well, at that point, they were already that that we Bochum scored in the 81st, and then we sub made a couple more subs in the 84th. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if his thought was maybe these guys will show a little more. Maybe they'll try. They'll put in the effort. But the, what there's, I mean, we scored. Renier doesn't hasn't shown anything no. to put confidence in him putting like putting him on the field. It made no sense at all. Uh, I just wrote came on, which I could kind of see because he played well in that first game. He got yeah, his goal, a little bit of a physical um, presence, but still, it's just I, yeah, like you said, I didn't understand the subs. Um, and I don't know, and I, we didn't have much of a personnel on the bench, but again, yeah. it doesn't mean you well, really that, have to use them. Yeah, that you know was, what I mean? that's what I was going to say. If, if you're subbing them, subbing them on for a mentality shift, mm-hmm. these aren't the guys to bring on to give you that because they it's. They just haven't been able to show that. Rotes had 
in his second game, maybe, like I said, maybe can show that. But Renier, no way. He, he has not showed anything that says this is going to be the game changer. In that point, we needed a game changer. We needed to get the win because a tie wouldn't be good enough because yep. how the rest of the game went. And if you don't have those guys on the bench, don't don't put them on. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I, didn't, I, I didn't think the uh, Bino Gittins, when he subbed off, I understand that Paslak went to back right, which is his natural position, and you're moving Wolf up. But at that at that point, too, just, I mean, seeing how the game played out, I mean, Pass hindsight, like, hindsight is whatever. But mm-hmm. at that point, I would almost say, since you don't have that like-for-like like sub, don't, don't. What, what's yeah, the point you, of making it happen? You don't have to, uh, you don't have to fix anything if it's not broke. I, I didn't really see a point in making those subs. And, and whenever players like Passlike came on, I mean, he, I thought he looked really poor. And I mean, it's something that I wouldn't really ever say too much about uh, Passlike too, which is careless. And I just think he kind of did that as well. I mean, that's exactly how we conceded, or not ex- exactly how we conceded, but it was he was in the, the lead up play for yeah. that penalty in the eighty fifth. Him and it was him and Royce. The penalty, yeah, it was the penalty. Him and Royce just let the defender. They, just they let him go. They let right, him go. go right through him. It, right on the edge of the box. Right in there. It's just again, it's just half-hearted defending, and they just do not care. And again, it goes that goes back to recruitment as well. But we just we need players that actually want to go out and finish these games off and get a result because you you conceded two goals in the first ten minutes of the game, and you conceded two goals in the last ten minutes in the game as well. And I think that is really telling of a team's mentality. Their game plan, how they set up, you know, system and selections as well for the personnel on the field. It's just, it's just shocking. It, it really is. What did you think of Wolf's game? Because back, back to the the subject of like him pushing up and Passat coming on and and Jamie Bino Gittins coming off. I don't, I don't know how to reference him. Do I? <laughs> I want to say JBG. I want to say yeah. Bino Gittins, and I want to say his full name, Jamie yeah. Bino Gittins. Uh, I, I think, but anyways, because mm-hmm. uh, I I thought Wolf looked decent. Do I? Is he my first choice right back? No, but I felt like he gave a lot going forward. He was part of some of the chances. He made a couple pretty good runs and passes. To the point in this game, in this situation, I felt more comfortable with him on there than bringing Passock on. Yeah, Wolf had his chances for sure, but I don't. I don't think this was easily one of his like better games. I, again, I think he was in Buckhorn's pocket the entire first half. Uh, he had that one chance. I think it actually might have been in the first half as well. But when he was far out the pitch and uh, had a shot on goal, and again, Riemann just making an insane save, strong hand with his left. But uh, he, I mean, he had a. I think he completed like ninety percent of his passes, so that's at least nice to see. But. I didn't really see too anything that was impressing me too much of Wolf. Uh, I, it's different for Bino Gittens again. One of the very few bright spots in this game. I, I think Bino Gittens did have a very good game. Yeah. But uh, overall, I mean, I, I'm growing more and more skeptical by the day with Rose's yeah. future with this club. I mean, we get it. Our season has been ridden with injuries. We've had shit luck on a lot of occasions. But we have utterly and completely underperformed in every competition we were in this season. I mean, we couldn't even get out of the Champions League uh, group stage. Not the easiest group, I get that, but not near the hardest either. Piss poor uh, performances on almost every match day of the Champions League, maybe except the last game against Besiktas, but that was it. Knocked out of the Pokal to a second division team. Keep in mind, for that game, we had close to zero injuries. I think the only injuries we had for that game were like Moray and Schultz or something like that. No, Schultz might have played, but literally only one or two injuries that game. 
and Moray's been out for the whole season. So I didn't know if there was, you know, too many excuses for that. And then obviously after only having the league to focus on, no outside pressure from other competitions and some easy run of games here and there, like in December and now, again, completely underperforming them and bottling every opportunity to close the gap on Bayern. It is beyond me how we are still sitting second in the league right now. And we do not look like a team that's runner up to a champion by a fucking long shot. And I mean, there's a chance we might not be runners up if we play. <laughs> we don't deserve it. If we play like that, I mean, uh, Leverkusen, they don't have the easiest run in the last two games. But if we don't perform, if we play like that again, I know we're playing Furt, but if we play like that, Furt's going to beat us. Like it. And, and then we could literally, we could be bumped down to third. Mm-hmm. And and you know what? We have no one to blame but ourselves for those results as well. I and mean, we had pretty much the exact same run of games back in December. Whenever we said it's going to be an easy nine points, we had Berlin. Oh, excuse me, we had Bochum, Firth, and Berlin. It was it was the exact same run of games, and we came out of that one with four points out of the nine. I mean, it's just shocking stuff. And we could probably be walking away here with pretty much the exact same run of results. I mean. How many humiliating results and piss poor performances do we have to witness before we want to start really question or putting Rose's employment under question? I mean, we and we have tend to have a few rough days at the office each year. I get that. I'm I'm not saying we're, you know, close to perfect in the past, but I think this season alone we've had probably like nine or ten games off the top of my head where we were just torn apart. I mean, I'm not exaggerating, just to name a few. We had both of the IX fixtures in the Champions League, home and away, battered in both legs. A uh, few games at home, like we were thrashed against Leverkusen a few months back, thrashed at home against Rangers in the Europa League. I mean, the Rangers played really well, and I think they're still in the Europa League, but still have to perform way better than that at home against a team like that. Leipzig a few weeks uh, a few weeks back, that was a shit show. And now Bochum. I mean, these are those just those few that I just mentioned were all at home. And, you know, Bochum, again, hasn't been in the league in uh, the last 10 years. And they come to our home and they just boss us around. I don't, I don't understand how the players can allow that to happen or Rosa to allow that to happen. I, I'm not putting all the blame on him, but again, I grow more and more skeptical every day about his employment. Well, it's just the, we, we keep saying the same thing. And I think the substitutions is a big, it's a, it's a big point to make because that's what we've seen and we've questioned it before and it, they just keep happening. Cause that's your chance mm-hmm. to, I mean, you, you gotta, you gotta make a call. Like you gotta, He's the one making the pulling the strings a little bit to try to make a difference in the game, and the, whatever differences you're trying to make are, have not worked. Like every time we've seen it, it's just it's not worked. It, it's I mean it sucks because we've had shit luck, but again, it's it is still your responsibility as a manager to you know arrest those those perf- uh, kind of uh, slumps and performances throughout the season and try to you know galvanize the team and bring them back up. I mean, here we are in May. After a full, a near full season under Rosa, and I still have no fucking clue what Rosa's philosophy is. What are his tactics? What I mean, how was he adapted under different or challenging circumstances? I, I really have no idea. I don't think he's shown much, or I don't think he's shown that he's learned much after games like, you know, Leverkusen or uh, the the thrashings against Ajax, the thrashing against Leipzig. I just don't think he's learned much. I, I I don't see I don't see how he's adapted. I really don't get what his game plans are. I want to say half the time, but it's like ninety percent of the time I don't know. Let alone how many times we talked about like a backup game plan. He has no clue for that either. Again, just it's just clueless. And I mean, we talk about it week after week as far as we don't know what the lineup's going to look like. We don't know what the formation's going to be. 
which just shows like that there is no game plan. And mm-hmm. yes, the injuries is his thing, and I've kind of defended him on the injuries, which I had before. But what if you have to be able to coach through and around that? Like you have to still work through it. That cannot just be a blame uh, or an excuse. Because what what if it happens next year? We're we're kind of all on the uh, perception that next year we're not going to have these much in- injuries because it mm-hmm. can't happen again. That's nuts. That's crazy. We're going to cha- make some changes in the backroom staff or or the health department or not the health department, <laughs> the physio physio team, yeah, yeah physio team. Um, but who knows? It could we and we could be out some big players. Even if it's not the amount of injuries, what if like wh- whoever our striker is next season? Mm-hmm. Is out for a significant or just amount not of season. performing, or Sule and Schlotterbeck go down. What the heck is going to happen? How are you going to work through it? How are you going to work around it? And he hasn't been shown that he can because mm-hmm. it's just been so inconsistent. And a lot of those games that I mentioned too, we didn't have many injuries. There's yeah. there was yeah. some that we did. There's definitely that's definitely true. But you know, games like uh, away at Hertha Berlin, we didn't have many injuries. Again, against St. Pauli, didn't have many injuries. I don't think we had too many against Rangers either. I mean, Holland played a few games in the Champions League as well. Again, just completely underperforming in every sense of the word and every competition as well. I'm not asking to win three trophies or a treble or anything like that every year. I'm not even asking for a silverware every single year. But we didn't even compete for anything. Did not compete for anything. Didn't get out of the group stage. Didn't even make it to the semifinal of the Pokal. Didn't even make a race out of it with Bayern. There were like glimpses where we're like, who fucking knows? But that was it at best. Yeah, just, there, there are glimpses at maybe. Yeah. Maybe a title race. If Bayern might slip be up. on. If we can do this and yeah, we bottled it every time. Just I I just I'm not I don't know. I'm not convinced at the moment. We'll see how these next two games go. if, if maybe if there's some sort of response from uh, you know the team and they show some real belief in Rose's philosophy. Maybe we can get something going during preseason and stuff like that. But I, I, I'm, I'm putting Rosa, if I were the board, on a really, you know, uh, short leash for next season. If we're if we're not seeing some results out of the gate, I say get him out of there and get someone else that can actually try to galvanize this team because I think some managers could do. I mean, shit, Terzic did more with, and he didn't have Dick for a. Uh, for a resume, he didn't have any history of any, you know, manager or anything like that. So, I don't know. I, I really just am not. I'm not convinced of Rosa so far. When was it? Like a few weeks ago, we're all like, "Oh yeah, Rosa, he's the man. He's a." I don't remember that at all. <laughs> for a hot, hot second, um, man. Okay, as you said, next early next season. Yeah, he's gonna be. He has to be on thin ice to start the season, and if it we lose first two, get him out. Like get him out because. I even think looking at these last two games, it doesn't matter because mm-hmm. if we win these last two games, well, we should have won these last three games. Mm-hmm. So even if we win them significantly, if we, we win both games 4-0, which I doubt is going to happen, that's still not enough. Like nothing can happen in these last two games that is going to prove, you. okay, we're going somewhere, we're moving somewhere. Because the, the last times that we've won two in a row or two in a draw – then we lose by five goals. Mm-hmm. It, so two games isn't doesn't show me anything or give me any confidence. All I can do um, is hope I'm not real sad at the end of the season. Yeah, which we already we're already there. We're already pretty <laughs> depressed and and sad about how things have gone. Um, so it's either going to get 
worse, maybe to the point we don't even we we don't come back the next couple weeks for yeah. podcast episodes. Because if this is just gonna be it, uh, I mean, but also this is like the point of it. Let's rant and rave. Yeah, let's get our emotions out. Help you get your emotions out. Thank you so much for listening. Um, but you, you know what I'm saying? Like it. Yeah. It doesn't matter how much we win these last two games by. It, it's still not going to be all. I'm not going to be excited. Like I'm, I'll be excited, but you know what I mean. It's just not going to get my hopes extremely high until we really get cruising next season and see what happens. Yeah, which is unfortunate. No, I agree. I, I, I think these last three games should have been not, not an easy, but I mean a relatively easy nine points to get, and already down three, and I can imagine us dropping at least another two points. Unfortunately, so. I mean, we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, it's not even really about the scoreline that matters as much as just like how much are these players buying into his philosophy? I mean, I, I get some players are kind of out the door, so whatever with them, but the rest of the team, how much are they buying into Rosa? And it just looks like a lot of them aren't at the moment. I get, I mean, from what I've seen online and everything in the last year, I think he looks like a really good man manager. That's something that a lot of people had complaints about with Favre, uh, but just his tactics aren't there. I, I, I really don't know what his play style is like still. I really, I really don't. I, I think a lot of the times that we do get these nice wins, it relies on individual brilliance or just the team, you know, coming together to kind of fight for themselves and, or at least fight for whatever we had to fight for at the time. But it doesn't really look like he's really putting much of his, uh, or implementing much of his game plan onto the team. Yeah. And on, on the individual and individual performances and that kind of stuff, like we have the players to, we should be able to play so well. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where you see, like you said, the individual performances and us getting the wins. It's because, okay, R Royce stepped up or Royce and Holland made something happen. But those are the types of players they are. Like, they can't do it. So how can we... What's the game plan to make sure they're doing it every time or they're working well together or you have Brant clicking? Because like, mm -hmm. people can hate on Brant all they want, but he can be a fantastic player. Mm-hmm. So how do you make him be a fantastic player game after game? How do you get this team clicking, working together? Because when they do, it's brilliant. But we've seen that maybe 20% of the time this yeah. season. Yeah, and that, I, I agree. It has been maybe 20% of the time. We, we've, you go back and uh, you look at you know, performances over this season that like, have looked like you know, convincing, and you have the first half against Freiburg back in January. That was incredible. Maybe that's what I'll do after this season ends. I'll watch that first half yeah. a couple times, then I'll feel better. But. Yeah. You have the, the when obviously we thrashed Wolfsburg a few weeks back, and then you have the 6 nil or 6-1, you know, 6-0 against Gladbach in February, but that was it. <laughs> that was really it. I, I can't think of many other performances where I'm like, that is Borussia. I mean, shit, even though those three, I, I'm still not like, that is exactly what you want to see out of Borussia Dortmund. Yeah, there was six goals in a few games, but still, not even really. It's just like, I think we could be much, much better than that. Well, even the Freiburg game, I remember talking about that in the podcast about that game well our passing looked great mm -hmm. um and our pressure like our our defensive structure defensive looked good too structure and pressure on the ball was great it's kind of like high press and stuff mm -hmm. and i remember thinking is this roses is mm -hmm. this roses game plan and then the next game we're like well i don't know because we didn't do it the next time even the next half i was like <laughs> yeah. I didn't, i'm not really seeing much of the last 45 minutes and so. that, that was the thing we in that game we still had to question what was the game plan. Like, yeah. is, are we finally seeing Rosa Ball? If we did, I why didn't we? Why didn't we see that the rest of the season? Yeah, I, again, it 
I get managers need time and he didn't have too much of a preseason and things like that, but at some point it has to click or, you know, you got to get someone else in there. And and here we are a full season later and I still am clueless. So yeah, we're going in circles. But anyway, uh, that was, that was a shit show on Saturday. That was tough to watch predictions for this Saturday away at Firth. Firth sit bottom of the table. (laughs) I mean, last time we played up against in December, it was three 0 on paper. Obviously, a sweeping, but did not look good that at all. Game, I think yeah, that I game think was terrible. I think whenever we played against Firth in December, we didn't score until. Yeah, I mean, we had one goal in the thirty third minute, and then it was nothing until the eighty second, and that was a penalty. I remember us not looking that great that game, and we were desperate to really yeah. close out the did game. Did Holland come in late that game? Um, I can't. That right, I can't remember honestly. I don't, know, but... I don't think so. I don't know what I remember. But anyway, I remember that game, the aftermath of that game. It felt like a loss, though. It <laughs> did. No, I, I do remember that as well. Yeah, I. I mean, it was three points, but it really wasn't that great of a performance, especially whenever we're in those that like two week spell over just really easy games. So yeah, we're away at first. I mean, I'm still. I'm imagining some sort of response, but I mean, I don't. With the at this point, even if like Rosa really is really trying to, you know, close out these last few games, the team, I think the four or five players that are out the door just aren't really going to care that much. So I'm hoping he gives opportunities to people that want to be there and maybe build a system around them for these last two games because it should or could and should be uh, six points. But um, do you have any score predictions? Mm, we're away, right? Yeah. Um, I'm, go ahead. Uh, I would go with my 2-1. I'm, I'm going optimistic and hopeful. I'm going with a 2-0. With the two nail, I think I don't think Firth really looked that dangerous in front of goal. I mean, I think they've scored yeah twenty six goals this season, which is not much at all. I mean, I know Bielefeld has scored twenty five, but other than that, I think every other team in the league has scored more than like thirty five or thirty six. So, I mean, their attack is kind of ass, but our defense is also pretty <laughs> yeah, ass. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, maybe Julian Green will. Uh, score a hat trick against us and represent USA. Who knows? But what? So, what do you want to see in these last two games? I guess player wise, um, I know you briefly mentioned it, but would you rather him try to go strongest team or just put out some young young guys? I want I want to see players that again just want to be here. Which I know there's not a lot that that are that do look like they want to be here, but some of the U19 players like Bino Gittens, I think he deserves another run. Although I think the U19 team has a cup game coming up so maybe he might going be or excuse me he might be going back to uh the u19s but i'd like to see him play again maybe get some other i mean we also are just ridden with injuries still so who knows i guess we don't really have a we, we don't have really many other options team out there yeah we really do not have a lot of options at the moment so say we play i mean if it depends on that that cup game i don't know the details on that off the top of my head um I could look at it. I would but, like to see, you know what? I would like to see Berkey play one of these last two games. Yeah. Maybe the last home game. That that would be pretty disrespectful in my in, in all seriousness if he does not get a run against Berlin at home. I'd, I mean, the man's been here for like eight years now, seven or eight years. I mean, he more than deserves a shout. I, I still think on his day he's a better keeper than Hits. I, I know Hits has, you know, he's got a calm and collectiveness about him and his positioning's pretty solid, but... I think Berkey was still again some of the one of the most underrated keepers in Europe for like ten to twelve months. So, yeah, I, I, that's one player I would like to see. 
Yeah, it would be good to see him out there. Yeah, last home game. Hopefully that will happen. If you, I guess if if we uh, say we play a lot of young guys, mm-hmm. and then we don't perform well, or mm-hmm. we like don't win these games, what what do you take from that? Are, you don't have to. Yeah, I'm not saying you have to like play all the young players because I think we got a little glimpse of that in the Bochum game. Again, if if you're not, or if if we don't really have the personnel to sub on you players like that, then maybe just don't because I think we were, we could have maybe shut out the game differently or, or performed differently for the last however many minutes if we didn't sub on one, two, two, well, two players from the U19, one player that's on loan and is ass, and the other one is pass lack, and then Mukoko can't do anything in three minutes. So, yeah. I'd, I would rather see them, so, some of those players get a start. Mm hmm. Let them run, like let them try. Let give them a, a real effort, which we kind of mentioned. I think we mentioned when we were talking with Josh last week. Like give them a real effort and a chance, and don't just bring them on with five minutes left. Yeah, when you need to get a result. Makoko definitely deserves a shout. And yeah. I, I grow more. I said it back in like was it March, but I grow more and more concerned about his future with us if we don't, you know, start to really uh, implement him into the team more. I, you know, it's a, it's a long summer, and if he's not playing at all, and I think he has, Okoko has one start this season. One. Just one. And he's played 200 minutes. I mean, that's, that's just not enough to, you know, if you, if, if you really believe in the kid, and I, and I do, I, I think he's going to be a world-class talent. It, this is the time to really start, you know, throwing him to the wolves. Yeah. It's yeah. not like you're going up against Bayern, for God's sake. You literally had Bochum. Now you have the worst team in the league. And then Berlin is in like fifteenth as well. So, well, and I mean, he started Rota against Bayern, mm-hmm. and was it? Did no, he start? No, no he, just, he started against Wolfsburg. Wolfsburg, that's what it was. Okay, yeah. all right, yeah. So, yeah, Firth at Firth this uh, Saturday, uh, kickoff nine thirty Eastern time, eight thirty Central, real early if you're on the West Coast. Um, yeah, I guess that, that's it for this that's, week. Yeah, that's it. Hope you enjoyed ranting and raving with us. We appreciate it. Uh, it's good to get it out. It's good to... It is. It is. <laughs> yeah, I was ready. I was ready on Saturday, man. I Second minute, and when he scored that first goal, I was already taking notes <laughs> like, You're, this is insane. I mean, okay, real quick. I'm just going to say, we got back into it. it yeah. Good. This is my quick recap of the game. Through, through two penalties. <laughs> But I mean, we kind of <laughs> created. We created some chances. It was off created chance. It wasn't yeah. just like a. And then we we gave up. Yeah. We're going to go up. G- and gave up when we were winning. It's only only in Dortmund. We, can you say you give up when you're winning? Yeah. yeah. Against your against a neighbor. I'm not going to say rival because they're not really much of a rival, but they are. You know, uh, in the same city. So yeah. Uh, real quick. Okay. Before we go, I did. I want to talk Adeyemi a little bit okay. because there was some other news. This might have came out before we did last week's episode. I don't remember, but I guess Brant is looking out the door. He's trying to leave and, and go. And we had talked so much about Adeyemi. I, I think the talk about Adeyemi is as the replacement striker for Holland. Mm-hmm. But I think looking at him now, and that that's been that's kind of what Josh said. It's like, yeah, he's great to have him in. He's a good player, but do we need him? Because he's not the striker we need. But I, looking at him as far as like that winger role um, or the number 10, whatever, mm-hmm. if you don't look at him as a striker, yeah, bring him in, please. Because if especially if Brant's going out, if Hazard's going out, we yeah. actually need someone we, in, the, in those positions. And, it, and he will be a good player to have there. Yeah. And it, I know Rosa doesn't like, he doesn't fancy wingers, you know, at least over his tenure here and his other clubs, he didn't play too many you know, the styles with wingers. But I mean, we're so. 
we have zero depth with our wingers right now. I and mean, we're playing Brandt as like a right winger half the time. And I, I don't think that's where he flourishes. So yeah, I, I, I would really like to see Adeyemi in those, in those slots. Yeah, from if, what I've seen, he, he'd fit in perfectly. If for we're that. playing a four, two, three, one. Mm-hmm. Cool. Put him in there. Cause I mean, all season it's been back and forth with Brandt or hazard or yeah. uh, whatever. So if, if he's going to slot in that position, then I think that's a good signing. And uh, maybe he'll be signed by the time this episode's out. And it's, yeah, and it's so disappointing with, with Brent and Hazard. And we, I remember the summer that we signed those two, Schultz, I think it was Hummels too in the same summer. And just, I was so excited for that next season. I mean, back in that time, I mean, those were massive signings. Maybe not Schultz so much, but even at the time. But, I mean, I, we were, I was so excited to have Brent. I mean, Hazard was... We, people were saying we got the better hazard in that deal because Eden went, I think, in the same summer to Madrid and, yeah, just flopped after the last or after the first season for both of them, which is just really disappointing. Anyway, that's it. That's it for this week. So uh, thanks so much for hanging out, listening, letting us rant in your ears. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it was a, a, a venting experience for you too. Um, you can find us, if you're not on your preferred podcast platform, you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts and on YouTube by searching the BVB podcast. Um, you can also f- follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the BVB pod. Uh, we've been getting some more uh, Spotify uh, ratings. I was just so, about to say, yeah, throw us a rating if you wouldn't mind. That's that's been, you know, very kind of all of you to that's to have sent a rating. And if you haven't done it already, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> I think Carver's still dish, still paying. So yeah, <laughs> it's a hundred bucks a pop. <laughs> so no, we do appreciate. Stars. We really appreciate the ratings because. Uh, it, it helps get the podcast out there and it mm-hmm. makes us look a little more legit. Not that we're legit. We just sit here and oh, we're lit. We're legit. We're lit, legit. <laughs> yeah. Double. Anyways, hey, we really appreciate it. We will see you next week, hopefully in better spirits. Bye. <laughs>